Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Here we go. It's great to have you in. Absolutely packed today. Here in a wild Monday. I can't. I have my schedule. <laughs> Keep forgetting what day it is. Uh. Great to have you in on this Monday. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. Plenty of stuff to cover today. Full-blown off-season stuff. We've got stuff on the Bears uh, and their roster decisions coming up in about 15 minutes. Um, there's rumors about the Eagles. OBJ could get traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show today, about 40 minutes from now, 45 minutes from now. Uh, but great show today. I do want to remind you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American betting experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. It'll be right there. You'll see it. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. That's BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those. You sign up. You instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. Okay. Um, Plenty of stuff to hit on today. I do want to begin with this. So the New York Jets announced last week in the middle of the week that they are going to be taking calls on Sam Darnold, which means They are looking to trade Sam Darnold, and the likelihood is that they like a quarterback at number two, which is more than likely going to be Zach Wilson at a BYU, and they're going to look to draft a quarterback at number two. And I've made my position perfectly clear on, on this show. I think that's a mistake. The Jets should not take a quarterback at number two. They should roll with Sam Darnold going forward, trade back from the pick, accumulate even more assets and build a roster loaded with young talent, get them some crazy wide receivers, get them a running game, protect them up front with an offensive line, give Robert Sala a chance to work with Sam Darnold. And if it still doesn't work, then the freedom to draft a quarterback still exists in later years. I think that's the direction that they should take. Here's the thing. They are going to take a quarterback in my eyes at this point. I wouldn't, but they will. And my position is still going to stand. It's going to make a mistake. But it adds a little bit more to why I believe this. So Mel Kuyper, who has been doing this for a long, long time, he's been looking at drafts. He's been scouting players for a long time in this industry. If you talk NFL draft, you would, you have to reference Mel Kuyper at least once or twice whenever you talk about it. Mel Kuyper, and he does this almost every year, 
Mel Kuyper ranks the top 10 quarterbacks as prospects of the last two years. This is what he does. So he'll combine two draft classes, and it's one of the more brilliant things he does because it gives us a little bit more perspective on where these prospects land, respectively. So he ranks these prospects on a list between two years. So the 2020 draft, that's Joe Burrow, that's last year's class. And this year's class, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, all those guys, he ranks them as if they were in the same draft class. Here's Mel Kuyper's top five. Trevor Lawrence at number one, Joe Burrow at number two, Tua at number three, Justin Herbert at number four, and then Zach Wilson falls at number five. So, for example, I guess in this instance, if the overwhelming majority believe that the New York Jets are going to take a quarterback, and more than likely they're going to take Zach Wilson out of BYU with the number two pick, according to Mel Kuyper, they would be taking the fifth best quarterback prospect of the last two years with the number two pick the second most valuable pick in the entire draft, and in the grand scheme of things, the most valuable pick in the entire draft because the Jaguars are not going to trade number one. The most valuable available pick, potentially, they're going to take the fifth best quarterback in the last two years, according to Mel Kuyper, and I agree. I agree. The only change that I would have made to that list is I liked Justin Herbert a little bit better than Tua, but again, give or take. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert, all better prospects than Zach Wilson at a BYU. You're not capitalizing on the value. The only reason the Jets would possibly take Zach Wilson at number two is if they think he's the next big thing. You're never taking a quarterback just to take a quarterback. You're taking a quarterback because you think he's going to be it. If you watch Zach Wilson play, and there are some plays, some throws that he makes that are really impressive. There are some plays that he makes that are really impressive. I mean, look, he had a great season this past year at BYU. He played 12 games, 73.5% completion percentage. That's good. 33 touchdowns and three picks. He threw for almost 3,700 yards. He had a good year. This is what this is the season that put him on the map. The last two seasons that he played, uh, nine games at BYU weren't nearly as good. 12 touchdowns, three picks. Last year, he had 11 picks. Uh, I'm sorry, 11 touchdowns and nine picks. Completion percentage almost 10 points lower. I mean, Zach Wilson until this year was a different player. He wasn't nearly as good. So that that, that the huge jump that Zach Wilson made is impressive. And yes, does he show NFL qualities? Yeah, I like his arm. I like his mobility. I think he's got good upside. I really do. But the consensus around NFL draft guys and a lot of people that study this stuff, they still don't think that Zach Wilson is better than not only Trevor Lawrence, but any of the top three quarterbacks that were taken last year. So you're not getting Justin Herbert necessarily. You're not getting Joe Burrow necessar- uh, necessarily. You could quite possibly be getting a step below that. And do the Jets really want to take that with the number two pick with all of that information? Now, it is important to point out that there are certain people that have Zach Wilson ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence. That's silly. That's silly. Okay, this isn't like... Look, when people ranked Patrick Mahomes over Mitch Trubisky a couple of years ago, they were right. But Mitch Trubisky, even though he was the consensus number one quarterback, he wasn't a bona fide 
like superstar, can't miss quarterback prospect. Trubisky was not that. People just thought that, you know, the general consensus was is that he was the number one. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. But people like, you know, Patrick Mahomes got a bunch of nice traits, man. He goes to the right spot. He could really flourish. Yeah. And they were right about that. But Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky were not necessarily blue chip. They were not, you know, this wasn't John Elway. This wasn't Peyton Manning. This wasn't Andrew Luck. Like It, it wasn't that certain that these guys were going to be at the top of the draft. Trevor Lawrence this year, okay, another thing from Mel Kuyper, Trevor Lawrence is the fourth best quarterback that Mel Kuyper has ever evaluated in his career. The only guys that are better were, are John Elway, Andrew Luck, and Peyton Manning. Those are the only three guys that Mel Kuyper has evaluated his prospects that are better than Trevor Lawrence. This is a different discussion. Trevor Lawrence is a different prospect. He will be a star in the NFL given the right opportunity. The only reason Trevor Lawrence wouldn't be a star is if Jacksonville completely screws it up, which is honestly more than possible because they screw a lot of things up. But this is not close. Trevor Lawrence is leaps and bounds ahead of Joe Burrow. Okay, Joe Burrow last year at LSU completed 76% of his throws and threw 60 touchdowns and won the national championship. He led quite possibly the greatest college football team to ever play. Last year's LSU Tiger team, I've never seen a college football team that were better than they were. He beat Trevor Lawrence in the national championship game. Trevor Lawrence is a prospect trumps him incredibly. Joe Burrow's not even a top 10 guy that Mel Kuyper has ever evaluated. Not even top 10. Trevor Lawrence is top four. He's the fourth guy. So where does that leave Zach Wilson? In the grand scheme of things, okay, what are you getting? The 30th? Like you're getting you're getting a, a mystical number of players of that Zach Wilson ranks as far as like all time quarterback prospects. I mean, you're getting some sort of like random. What is he? Forty five. OK, he's thirty six or maybe he's you know, maybe he's a little better than that. Maybe he's twenty seven. Or something like that. But what you do know is that Zach Wilson is definitely not top ten. And what he definitely isn't is top 15, probably not top 20. Because that would would require these four guys, Lawrence, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, all of them to also be top 20. And I doubt that that's the case. I'm just going to, again, add this to the list of reasons why the Jets shouldn't take a quarterback at number two. Okay, not only do I think you're losing value, not only do I think that the Jets don't need a quarterback, they have one. Sam Darnold, I think, is pretty good. Not only do I think whoever they draft, you know, maybe a slight upgrade over Sam Darnold, but it is not a crazy leap. I mean, they could trade back and get a ton of talent. Okay, I said this a couple of weeks ago. If the Jets were going to take a quarterback at number two, whoever they take has to be better than all of the guys they would have taken if they would have traded back. He has to be better than Sam Darnold. He has to be better than the guys in his class. Okay, maybe with the exception of Trevor Lawrence. Everybody else got to be better than them. He's got to be better than Justin Fields. He's got to be better than Trey Lance. He has to, uh, Zach Wilson has to be better than Mac Jones and Kyle Trask and all those guys. He's got to be better than all of them. And he has to be better than Sam Darnold. And he has to be better than all the players that they could have taken. That means he's got to be better than Kyle Pitts. He's got to be better than Jamar Chase. He's got to be better than Penny Sewell. Zach Wilson has to be better than everybody. He has to be exceptional with the Jets 
in order for him to fulfill this number two pick, given how much we're talking about it and how much value it's accumulated over the over the offseason. He has to have insane value. Not only is all of that part of the reason why the Jets shouldn't take a quarterback, but also add to the list that he isn't as good according to a guy. Seriously, how many more how many people do you do you know that have done this more than Mel Kuyper? Okay, Count Chocula, the guy that you always listen to on ESPN. Yeah, Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah, that guy. According to him, Zach Wilson is not, none of them, outside of Trevor Long, whether it's Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, doesn't matter. None of them are as good as any of the three guys that were taken at the top of last year's draft. Not as good as Joe Burrow, not as good as Tua, not as good as Justin Herbert. Not as good. As prospects, not as good. You know, and sometimes that doesn't, you know, automatically translate. You know, you're hearing stuff that the Dolphins are already getting a little bit hesitant on on Tua. But you do think that your chances are higher if the prospect is better, right? The more naturally gifted a guy is. And Zach Wilson's good. Don't get me wrong. But he's the fifth best quarterback prospect of the last two drafts. Does is that the kind of value you want to capitalize on? Is is are you that certain that this is the kid? Are you that certain that's that Zach Wilson is that much better than Sam Darnold, the kid you already have? I'm just saying. The Jets have a very, I, I guess, difficult decision to make. But if it were me, honestly, this is a no-brainer. And again, unless I think Zach Wilson is the shiznit. But I'm not sure he is the shiznit. Unless I think he's that, this is a pretty easy decision for me. I would trade the pick. I would keep Sam Darnold, and I would do whatever I can to build around the quarterback that I already have. Okay, um, let us shift to this. So, the most spicy rumor in the NFL today is the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have been circling in rumors and what it says is, is that they've prioritized now. They've prioritized making a trade for Russell Wilson. And they have been very public about it. They haven't hidden, hidden anything. They're not bringing back Mitch Trubisky. They obviously don't want Nick Foles. So they're looking at making a big splash for Russell Wilson. Now, Peter Schrager said something last week that I thought was really smart. He said, look, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were told last season, yeah, you're on the hot seat, man. And what happened was is that entering this offseason, we were all thinking, hey, man, these guys could be fired. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy could be out of the building. But no, the Bears kept them around. So you're thinking, all right, the Bears probably said, listen, guys, you got one more shot at this. You got to figure this out, especially for the GM, right? Especially for Ryan Pace. You got to say, listen, you whiffed on quarterback. You got one more year to figure it out. Okay. So there's a sense of urgency, theoretically, in the Chicago Bears front office, right? About making a big splash. Okay making the move that you know at least it first it'll make your owner happy it'll make your fans happy and it might improve your football team because you're upgrading that much a quarterback so the bears really want russell wilson and as we know to this point the bears were one of the teams that russell wilson listed on his 
list that he gave the team of teams that he wanted to go uh, wanted to go to if he were traded. So it is possible that the Bears could make a trade and Russell Wilson could go and Wilson could be happy and you know, it could all be fine and good. But there is something that I want to bring up about the Bears. I know that there is probably a sense of urgency that people sense, oh, they got to make, they got to trade Russell. They got to trade for Russell Wilson. They got to trade for Russell Wilson or, or they should be fired, right? That, that's what people are saying. Like uh, the old Donald Trump, you're fired. And that's what people, uh, that's what people think. They got to make this move or else Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace got to be out the door, start over completely, you know, move on. Here's the thing. I don't necessarily think that that they should be on the hot seat. First of all, I think Matt Nagy can really coach because we all know that Mitch Trubisky should not be as successful as he is. You watch him throw the football and it just, you know, it doesn't come out of his hand the way that some of these uh, other guys throw the football. But you know what? Trubisky wins games. Why do you think that is? Matt Nagy's got something. Mitch Trubisky is 29 and 21 in his career. He's had three straight seasons where he's finished with a record of over 500. I mean, look, he's made Trubisky not look like the end of the world. He's got a 64% career completion percentage. Last year in nine games, the Bears went six and three with him at quarterback. He completed 67% of his throws, had twice as many touchdowns as he did picks. And my, listen, I never thought that Trubisky was that bad, but you do watch him and you say, eh, he's not amazing. That's what you feel. But let me ask you this honest question. Other than quarterback that we all whiffed on, because let's be honest. Okay, I'll touch on this first. We all whiffed on that quarterback class. In 2017, when Mitch Trubisky got drafted, the consensus was was that Mitch Trubisky was the top quarterback in the class. He was the top quarterback. Whether you like to believe it or not, he was the top quarterback. Among guys around the league, Mitch Trubisky was the top quarterback. Okay, just to give you an idea, these are some of the... the, uh, Five of the leading draft analysts out of on all the networks that we see. Okay. Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, Matt Miller, Daniel Jeremiah, and Dane Brugler. These guys all cover the draft really, really closely. Four out of these five guys had Mitch Trubisky as their number one quarterback is in their number one uh in their final power rankings before draft day. Todd McShay, Mitch Trubisky, number one. Mel Kuyper, Mitch Trubisky, number one. Matt Miller, Mitch Trubisky, number one. Dane Brugler had Mitch Trubisky, number one. Daniel Jeremiah was the only guy that had Mitch Trubisky not number one, and Trubisky was number two. Deshaun Watson was number one. So Daniel Jeremiah had Mitch Trubisky still over Patrick Mahomes. In fact, Daniel Jeremiah had Deshaun Kaiser over Patrick Mahomes. By the way, McShay, Trubisky and Watson over Mahomes. Mel Kuyper, uh, Trubisky over Mahomes. Matt Miller, Trubisky over Mahomes. Daniel Jeremiah, Watson, Trubisky, and Kaiser over Mahomes. Brugler, Trubisky, Kaiser, and Watson over Mahomes. Dane Brugler had Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Kaiser over both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. This is not something where the Bears took a reach. They took a chance on a kid that was ranked below the consensus guy. Yeah, the Bears whiffed on quarterback, but to pretend that we all did, that we all didn't, is foolish. The overwhelming majority of the NFL community, as far as fans, front offices, analysts, everybody, whiffed on Mitch Trubisky. He wasn't that good. We all bought into Mitch Trubisky's one year as a starter at North Carolina, and we liked what we saw, and you know what? It bit us in the rear. 
because we all got it wrong. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are clearly the better players, and there's nothing wrong with that. But literally, one guy, okay, these are the top, like, of the top five NFL draft analysts that you've heard of, right? That's not making anything up. Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, Matt Miller, Daniel Jeremiah, Dane Brugler. These are the guys that you listen to for draft day. Four out of those five guys had Mitch Trubisky as the number one as the number one quarterback in that year's in in that year's class. He was consensus number one. So the Bears, yeah, they traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. They traded up to get one spot. Great job by John Lynch, the 49ers GM. He had no he had no interest in taking Mitch Trubisky, and he made the Bears think that they would. So yeah, the trade wasn't a great move for the Bears. But the pick, I think that it's not as bad as you think. He was consensus number one. Mitch Trubisky was consensus number one in 2017. Does that make it not a mistake? Of course it's a a mistake. But it's a mistake that a lot of people would have made. A lot of people would have made it. Mitch Trubisky was consensus number one. So let me follow up with this question. Other than the quarterback that we all whiffed on, we all whiffed on Mitch. What have the Bears done drastically wrong? Since then, what have the Bears done drastically wrong? They gave him a number one wide receiver. Allen Robinson's good. What if they get him back? They could get there. There's still a chance that they get Allen Robinson back. There's still a chance that even if they don't get Allen Robinson back, they'll get one of these other guys. They'll get Chris Godwin. They'll get Kenny Galladay. They'll get one of those guys who could be number one wide receivers. Okay, do you really think that the Bears lost the Khalil Mack trade? Absolutely not. Khalil Mack is a top two or three defensive player in the entire NFL. Outside of Aaron Donald, who is better than Khalil Mack on the defensive end? For sure. I mean, the Bears' defense was feared a number of uh, a couple of years ago, and even this past year they were good. The Bears' defense—they've done a great job at building a team. They hit on a running back. David Montgomery's good. The only thing that they're really lacking is some offensive personnel. I think they got Coach Wright, Matt Nagy. They are the Bears are better than what they should be with that quarterback. They should be. They are way better than what people would expect. Because if you got yeah, quarterback, great defense, if you can't score points, doesn't matter how good your defense is. So the way that I see it, yeah, they whiffed on quarterback. We all would have. So I'm not really one of those guys that thinks that they should be on the hot seat. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy? No way. I mean, again, think about it. What are the decisions that the Bears, you you look at the decision the Bears made, and just like, oh, God, that was terrible. Outside of, Drafting Mitch Trubisky at number two. And again, like I will say, we all would have made that mistake. Or at least the overwhelming majority of us would have made that mistake. We would have taken Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes probably 90% of the time. Whether we were right or wrong, that's the way that the NFL draft landscape landed that year. And since then, the Bears have not made terrible decisions. I mean, look, they've drafted well. Roquan Smith is a stud. Eddie Jackson is a stud. Kyle Fuller is a stud. Okay, they've made good free agent signings. Robert Quinn is good. Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan. They're good players. These are good players. Allen Robinson. Darnell Mooney, their rookie wide receiver last year, was pretty good. The Bears are not bad. They just 
they got cornerback wrong. But GM, coach, defense, everything else, the Bears have pretty much done everything right. So, yeah, would it pay off? Probably, depending on the package for Russell Wilson, it probably would pay off because their roster is going to be really good. I mean, you don't want to give up Khalil Mack or anything like that, but you give up three first-round picks, Nick Foles, and maybe something else, and that's able to get the deal done? Boy, oh boy, do the Bears have something. And maybe we're not talking about firing Ryan Pace. We're not firing Matt Nagy, the the head coach. We're not talking about firing those guys. So the way that I see it is that the Bears have done a lot of things right. And that one mistake that we all should put into perspective is the thing that's holding them back. Okay, if you make one decision that everybody else would have made and you get fired for it, you'd be kind of pissed, wouldn't you? Seriously. If you're the GM of the Bears right there at that point in time, right? Hindsight's 2020. You're you got the number 2 pick in the 2017 draft. Who are you taking? You need a quarterback. You taking the guy that's the project that a Texas Tech didn't have a single season where he finished over 500, but he's got good traits. You gonna take that guy? You're gonna take Deshaun Watson, who again, great winner, but not a natural thrower of the football. You kind of had a little, a little question about him as a prospect, at least. He's improved since then. Or are you gonna take the guy that four out of the last four out of the top five? draft analysts in the country are saying that's the number one prospect. That's the number one quarterback. Who are you taking? You're taking that guy. Because if anything, right, that would have been the safe option. You take Trubisky. Yeah, obviously it's a gamble because it's a quarterback and he's a young kid and he might not pan out. So there is risk involved, but there's at least some sort of a safety net. Trubisky was the guy that you could take that nobody could blame you for. Right? He, I mean, look, he was consensus number one. How the hell were we supposed to know? So, I think we ease off on the Bears a little bit. Okay. Uh, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. You go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. You sign up, instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Almost broke my pen. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match, or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, LandryFootball.com. That's American Betting Experts. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Okay. Um, Let us hit on this. Let's talk about the Eagles for a minute. Um, This is a report that came out today uh, about the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, The Eagles owner, Jeffrey Lurie, Uh, said that the Eagles are committing to building around Jalen Hurts, and he's apparently told the GM, Howie Roseman, and the personnel department in Philadelphia to not pursue a quarterback, which would spark a quarterback competition in camp. He does not want that. He wants Jalen Hurts to be the starting quarterback next year. Jeffrey Lurie... Like I've said before, is trying to make sure that Jalen Hurts works so that the Eagles don't look like imbeciles. <laughs> it's very simple. They traded Carson Wentz for way below value, way below. And now they got to make sure Jalen Hurts works. They drafted him in the second round. They Threw him in the starting lineup last year. They benched Jalen Hurts at the end of the season last year. They got to make sure that Jalen Hurts works. They made a lot of sacrifices for this guy. A lot of them. 
Here's the thing. I have never been a fan of Jalen Hurts. I've never been a fan. I think that he is the guy that really struggles to throw the football accurately. He completed 52% of his throws last year. That is God awful. Started four games, one in three in those games, threw six touchdowns and four interceptions. He had a quarterback rating of 77.6. Not good. That's more than 10 points below average. But in fairness, in fairness, the wide receivers were bad. His offensive line was a little hurt. His running game wasn't spectacular. And at the end of the season, his coach got fired. So things could turn around for Jalen Hurts. So I think Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, is being smart. You got to make sure that Jalen Hurts works. You can't look like an idiot. You can't. And I also think that it's kind of funny that another rumor that's circling around the Eagles is, hey, we're going to build around Jalen Hurts, but we are shopping our all-pro guard, Brandon Brooks. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So you want to make sure that Jalen Hurts works, and by doing that, your first move is going to be trading your all-pro right guard. That's silly, especially after a season where your offensive line was dreadful. You can't do that. You can't trade your all-pro guard, okay, in a year that you need your quarterback to work. Now, I don't think the Eagles are going to be very good at all next year. I don't think their roster is very good. I don't, I, look, they can't draft wide receivers. They can't draft wide receivers. Nelson Aguilar and Jalen Rager are the last two wide receivers that they drafted in the first round, and Nelson Aguilar is on a different team. Jalen Rager did not show out even kind of last year. They drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He is non-existent. The Eagles are not going to be a great football team, in my opinion, next year. But bringing in a quarterback competition does you no favors. Okay, because basically what you're telling me is, well, we didn't have faith in Carson Wentz, so we traded him, and then we also don't have faith in Jalen Hurts, so we're going to bring in somebody that could potentially steal his job. Uh, yeah, no, that can't happen. You got to figure out if Jalen Hurts can play. Got to figure out if Jalen Hurts can play. So, you know, the Eagles, I think, are taking the route of, you know, maybe we could trade an offensive lineman because he doesn't need the strong offensive line because he's so mobile, right? Jalen Hurts, the, the best the best part of Jalen Hurts' game is his legs, his athleticism, right? That's what he does. Okay, he ran for 340, uh, 354 yards last year in four games. So, yeah, he was he was doing well last year running the football as a starter. He ran for three touchdowns. So that's the best part of his game. Throwing the football, that's not his strength. So what the Eagles are going to focus on is I'd imagine they're going to take they're going to try and take a wide receiver at number six overall. And they're going to try and make that work. They're going to take Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell or one of those guys. You know, maybe they're going to, they might trade Zach Ertz. So they might take Kyle Pitts out of Florida and take the special talent. But who knows? Who knows? But the point is, is that Jeffrey Lurie is saying, look, I am not trying to look like an idiot. I do not want to be the guy that drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round last year. We passed it off as, yeah, we're going to use him kind of like how the Saints used Taysom Hill. That's what we're going to do. And they kind of tried to do that. But the reality is, and I've been saying this for as long as I've talked about Carson Wentz, the Eagles were never in on Carson Wentz. Even after Carson Wentz almost won MVP, as soon as he got hurt, it was over. He was an injury prone. Yeah, never going to come back the same, right? Nick Foles went, uh, was in Philly, backed up Carson Wentz, led him to the Super Bowl in that magical playoff run. That was really great. You had Eagles fans that were calling for Nick Foles to get the starting job over Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz almost won MVP that year. 
And now I'm going to I'm going to watch Carson Wentz flourish in Indianapolis. I think that's going to be a match made in heaven. I'm serious. That's a great great landing spot for him. And Jalen Hurts is going to struggle next year because you're not going to fix this in one year. You're not going to fix your offensive line. First of all, your offensive line is getting older. Jason Kelsey's getting older. Jason Peters is getting older. Okay, you're look, you took a, le- a left tackle in the draft a couple of years ago, Andre Dillard. He hasn't he's barely played in the NFL. He's been on your roster for two years. Your offensive line's getting old. You want to trade Brandon Brooks. Your, your running game wasn't that great. Miles Sanders wasn't all that. Your receivers are terrible. You get a brand new coach, right? Nick Sirianni is your new head coach. You have no idea whether or not he can coach or not. So, yeah, you want to make sure Jalen Hurts can play. It's going to be tough to do that. But the Eagles are making the right decision because quarterback competitions never work, man. They never work. When was the last time you saw a quarterback competition that led to a team having massive success? When was the last time that happened? The teams that succeed are the teams that know who their guy is. That's why I think Arizona is going to win the NFC uh, NFC West next year. Because Arizona knows that Kyler Murray is going to be their guy. Seattle is going through a thing with Russell Wilson. Uh, The 49ers don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be their guy. Okay, the Rams traded Jared Goff. They got a brand new quarterback, Matt Stafford, going into their system. They have no idea how that's going to go. But the Cardinals, they're rolling with Kyler Murray, and they know it, and they're confident about it. And that's why, partially, I think the Cowboys should win the NFC East next year, too. The Eagles got Jalen Hurts. He's, you know, kind of uncertain about him. Washington today doesn't know who their quarterback is. The New York Giants, yeah, Daniel Jones is going to be their quarterback, but they're still kind of entertaining the idea, "Eh, if he doesn't play well this year, we might have to move on. Okay, and Dallas does have some uncertainty at quarterback, but clearly the best option. Clearly the best option, and we kind of have a feeling that Dak Prescott is just going to lock the Cowboys up and the Cowboys are going to say, you know what? Yeah, here you go. So stability matters. And the Eagles right now, there is none. But Jeffrey Lurie is looking for it. Jeffrey Lurie today is trying to say, Look, we have all the faith in the world in Jalen Hurts. We think he can play. I've even instructed my personnel department to not look at quarterbacks because Jalen is going to be our guy. Okay. You better be right. That's all I got to say about that. The Eagles better be right on Jalen Hurts. Where did I drop my pen? Jeez, I'm losing my mind here. Here it is. It was a black pen, and I have a black desk, so it kind of blended in. Uh, okay. Yes, here it is. And see, this is the part I almost broke right here. Uh, okay. Um, so I do want to touch on one more thing today. Uh, so Tom Brady is restructuring his deal. God, that pisses me off. I can't stand that stuff. I can't stand it. I mean, this guy, I'm I'm just going to say it now. There's none of us have any business in predicting when or if Tom Brady is going to retire. He's going to play till he's 100. Because every time he signed a two-year deal in Tampa, and we were just like, you know what? These are going to be the two fun years that he has, and then it's going to be it. I mean, Look, we were predicting that this next season was going to be it for Tom Brady. That's eh, not going to be it. Chances are he's going to add one more year at the end of this year. And if he feels good next year, he might add another one after that. I mean, it's just going to be never-ending torture for everybody in the NFL. <laughs> it's it's the worst. Oh, it's the worst. 
So Tom Brady is going to restructure his contract. So not only are, is Tampa Bay going to have Tom Brady for more years than they expected, but they're probably going to have him for less money because that's what Tom Brady does. And that's one of the things that I give Tom Brady massive credit for is that he's a guy that takes pay cuts. He's a guy that's very team first. Okay. He's so, you know, like, oh, well, look, if we need some extra money here, take it out of my paycheck. If we need some extra money to go grab that pass rusher, go get it. Let's do it. Use my money. Okay. That's part of the reason why I think Tom Brady has so much control in the locker room. Uh, I'm sorry, in the front office. And part of it is because, yeah, he's the greatest of all time. But the other part of it is, is that the front office is using his money. <laughs> okay. What do you want us to do with your money, Tom, that you gave us? Well, listen, I would love a left tackle. Okay. Here comes your left tackle. I want another wide receiver. Okay. Here you go. The reason I bring this up. Tom Brady's latest guy that he wants to add to this Tampa Bay roster is OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr. is being rumored to be traded from Cleveland. And of course, Tampa Bay is in the mix. Tom Brady wants him. He's been that is a confirmed fact. Tom Brady wants Odell Beckham Jr. on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And honestly, here's my honest opinion on this. Why the hell not? If I'm Tampa Bay, why the hell not? First of all, it is not going to cost me nearly as much as it did when the Browns traded, uh, traded for him from the Giants. It is not going to cost them nearly as much. I mean, you could probably get, you could probably get OBJ today for max, like a third round pick. You could probably get OBJ for a third round pick today. If you're Tampa, why the hell not? You're not giving up anything. Tom Brady is taking a pay cut. And here's my thought process. Honestly, if you can make Antonio Brown work, you can definitely make Odell Beckham work without a doubt. I mean, look, Antonio Brown last year, and he was the year before. I mean, he's way worse than OBJ. I mean, Antonio Brown the year before was having literal mental breakdowns on camera, on police videos. Okay. He called Antonio Brown called the cops on his ex-wife when she was trying to take his kids to school. I mean, is that not ins- The entire thing was taken on video in front of his gigantic house, and the guy was making an ass out of himself. And you know what? Tom Brady made him work in Tampa. If you can make Antonio Brown work in Tampa, then why the hell couldn't you make OBJ work? Plus, at this point, OBJ's younger. He's, at this point, probably more talented. The only real problem with OBJ right now is he was injured. He only played seven games last year. He got hurt. So, why not? (laughs) Excuse me. But why not? The Buccaneers are, you know, going to be in a situation with Chris Godwin. They could honestly, they could probably franchise tag Chris Godwin and trade Chris Godwin to the Browns for OBJ. And that would maybe work because the Browns could still use a wide receiver. Chris Godwin doesn't demand the ball quite like OBJ does. So Baker Mayfield doesn't have to work with, uh, doesn't have to deal with all that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's actually a pretty exciting trade when you think about it. But at the very same time, you are saying, okay, the problem with OBJ is not the fact that he's a looney tune off the field. That's not really OBJ's problem. And he's had a couple of problems in the past, right? He's got a hot temper. 
you know, the boat picture nobody really liked. But you know what? OBJ's biggest issue is that he demands the football. He's like Des Bryant. When Des Bryant was in his prime, Dak Prescott nor Tony Romo could really play with him because Des Bryant was like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, even when he wasn't open. OBJ kind of does that. OBJ is upset when he doesn't catch a certain amount of passes every day. But if there's anybody that can get that attitude out of him, it's (laughs) you-know-who. Oh, it ticks me off. Don't be surprised. Again, don't be surprised. Because Tom Brady is restructuring his deal. It's going to save the Bucs a bunch of money. Okay? Don't be surprised. If the Buccaneers get almost all their guys back, don't be surprised if the Bucs get Levante David back, if they get Shaq Barrett back, if they trade for OBJ and they're competing again next year. Don't be surprised. Because, listen, <laughs> the more it's looking like it, Brady is turning the Buccaneers into the Patriots, a more talented version of the Patriots. Because... I have zero doubt that last year's Buccaneers team was the most talented team on on the field that Tom Brady has ever played uh, played on. He's never played with a team with uh, with that much talent. Running back, offensive line, definitely not wide receiver. That defense, I mean, he's never played with a team that that, that was that good. Never. So imagine adding OBJ. And again, OBJ and Chris Godwin are probably give or take at this point. Maybe some people like Chris Godwin. He's on the field more. You know, he's not as loud. Who knows? Maybe some people like uh, Chris Godwin more. But OBJ is certainly more talented, right? Naturally talented. I mean, some of the catches. I mean, OBJ with the massive over-the-head catch. I mean, what the hell? I mean, (laughs) nobody in the league could do that, right? Nobody in the league could do that. So, yeah. If you're the Bucs, why the hell not, dude? The guy just won you a Super Bowl. Call the Browns. Call the Browns and say, okay, what's it going to take for Odell? And the Browns want to unload him. I mean, why wouldn't the Browns want to trade OBJ? Okay, OBJ, since he's been in Cleveland, has been nothing but underwhelming. In the two years that he spent in Cleveland, okay, his first year in Cleveland, 2019, right? OBJ's first year in Cleveland, 74 catches, 1,035 yards, four touchdowns in 16 games, 15 starts. That's OBJ in his first year in Cleveland. Then this past year in Cleveland, seven games, 23 catches in seven games, 23 catches. 319 yards, three touchdowns in seven games. That's what OBJ put together in Cleveland. He didn't work. OBJ in Cleveland didn't work. I, you don't think Brady could get the best out of him? I mean, this, if you can make Antonio Brown work, you can make anybody work. You can. You can pull Gronk out of a two-year-long retirement and make him look like one of the better tight ends in the league again? Dude, I got nothing for you. (laughs) Okay, I criticize Brady as much as anybody in the world. I got nothing on this one. There's zero reason why this wouldn't work. Zero reason. And it benefits the Browns. If the Browns get Chris Godwin, right, because that would be a way for the the Bucs to afford it and to make the money work, kind of offset it a little bit. They tag Chris Godwin. They trade Chris Godwin for OBJ. It doesn't even cost him a draft pick. I w- if I'm the Browns, I won't even cost a, you know, I wouldn't even get a draft pick back. Straight up, OBJ, Chris Godwin, done. Send it over. It benefits the Browns too. So, <sighs> very interesting thing. Uh, <laughs> God, it makes you mad. Because you remember, and OBJ probably isn't the same player that he was five years ago 
Okay, in his first couple of seasons with the Giants, I mean, he, he probably isn't that player anymore. But can he still play? Is he still look? Imagine OBJ in the slot with Tom Brady. I mean, OBJ loves those little fast guys, right? Okay, OB, OBJ can do everything that Julian Edelman or Scotty Miller or any of those guys can do times a hundred. OBJ's way more talented than those guys. Imagine what he'd be able to do with OBJ. That would be OBJ's best year. He go OBJ goes to Tampa Bay. That would be potential for OBJ's best year. Listen, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Call me crazy, but I think it makes sense. Uh, okay. <laughs> we got about five minutes left. So let's see what's going on uh, now. Yeah, Brady and <laughs> the Bucks and Brady, their extension talks are gaining momentum. That's just insane how he's going to play even longer, dude. Is that not nuts? I, I mean, seriously. Is that not the craziest thing ever? Tom Brady's going to be a hundred. I'm sorry. He's 43. Next year will be his age 44 season. He's going to play until he's four. I, I don't be surprised if Brady plays till he's 50. I mean, that's nuts. God, the goat argument for me is getting way, way harder, way harder. <sighs> Makes me angry. Um, so again, you'll have you'll have Matt with me on Friday. Uh, it'll be another mock draft on Friday. I'm going to try and do it once every month uh, up until draft day. So we'll have one more uh, in March, and then we're going to have one pre-draft in April. Um, that'll be our final one. So uh, again, that's going to be a lot of fun. The draft this year, the offseason this year in the NFL is going to be pretty insane. Okay. I, I think it was Diana Rossini of ESPN that literally that's had an anonymous GM tell her this offseason is going to be an absolute massacre. Like you're going to see guys get, I mean, because the cap number isn't defined. Everybody thinks it's going down. Okay. It, like it, you're going to see players that you wouldn't think would get cut, get cut because they can't afford them. Like this is going to be a crazy year. It's going to be a really, really crazy year. So I think it'll be interesting when it comes to that. Uh, plus, again, this is going to be an interesting draft because, yeah, you know that Jacksonville is taking a quarterback. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence next year. But you don't have you don't really have any idea who else is going to be drafting a quarterback and if they're going to play. I mean, you kind of now with these recent rumors, you think the Jets are going to probably take a quarterback at number two. Okay, people have this feeling that Atlanta is going to take one, but I, I'll be honest with you. Matt Ryan's playing good football. He's playing good football, man. Like, he just is. You know, so you kind of have a a, a feeling that, uh, that the Falcons could, the Lions could, even though they just traded for Jared Goff. You know that Carolina's in. Okay, Denver, they need a quarterback. What if things don't work out with the Cowboys and Dak? Seriously, by draft day, you don't think that that could go awry? It's unbelievable. I, it really blows my mind. Um, so this should be a really interesting offseason. Uh, Justin Simmons, the uh, Broncos safety, uh, got tagged for the second straight year. I'm really surprised that the Broncos tagged him and they didn't tag Shelby Harris, but um, they tagged Justin Simmons. They're going to try and get a deal done with him. A uh, valuable part to that defense. So, again, uh, the Bills extended uh, Micah Hyde for two more years, uh, keeping him a big part of that defense. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are expected to franchise tag uh, their right tackle, Taylor Moton. Um, so, again, a, a lot of stuff happening in the NFL right now. So, again, we'll see how all of this goes. But uh, as for us, Mike Guido here with you on the Landry Football Podcast Network. This has been Guido's Gridiron Blitz. You got us every Monday and Friday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock Eastern in the afternoon. We're going to have Matt back on Friday. It'll be Mock Draft Friday. You know, I should do Mock Draft Monday. It makes more sense, right? <laughs> um, should uh, It'll be Mock Draft Friday. Should be fun. 
All right, we'll see you then. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.